Good morning, everybody. My name's Larry Jacobs. This is Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio. It is March 23rd, 2023. Thank you so much for being with us. We've got Brian Stevens here. Brian is the uh, Director of Stakeholder Engagement. Okay, good title. For Funds for Learning, our old friends, the nation's leading E-rate funding compliance services and consulting, if I may, firm. Okay, they work with school districts and libraries to help them with with, uh, applying for getting and managing E-rates. Okay, or John Harrington and the gang, uh, they're just incredible. All right, and Brian is in charge of working, of providing the high-quality solutions for the needs of all the E-rate stakeholders that they work with. And I hope if you're a school district, you are going to funds for learning and having them fill out your E-rate forms for you, because I always kid and say it's like filling out your old income tax in the old days, and I'll see you in federal prison. They'll get you more for your money. Okay, they're unbelievable. They're down in Oklahoma. We're going to have a great conversation with Brian, and we're going to talk with him about cybersecurity and the E-rate program. Okay, E-rates didn't cover the cost of cybersecurity, if I'm understanding this correctly, uh, prior to all this. Okay, but the, uh, cybersecurity is the number one challenge for ed tech these days. Everybody's very concerned about privacy and all that sort of thing. So they're looking for the, and he'll explain this better than me, but they're looking for the E-rate program to expand the funding uh, and expand the qualifications to cover that. Okay, so Brian's going to talk about what's going on, and there is a... Um, a window of commenting coming up, all right? And Brian's going to talk about that as well. We're going to archive the show over at ace-ed.org. That's our home website for the American Consortium for Equity and Education. We're all about equity. We're all about access. That's also what uh, Funds for Learning and the E-Rate program is all about, equity and access. So please go over to what we do at ace-ed.org. Our podcasts are there under the podcast link. Our magazine is obvious by the cover Equity and Access, it's our online journal, which we're quite proud of, and all sorts of other information about teacher retention specifically and social-emotional learning. All right, so please check it all out. Everything over there is free for educators at ace-ed.org. And without further ado, let me bring it, sir, it is okay. Brian, welcome back. Well, good morning. Thank you for having me, Larry. My pleasure, my friend. Are you in Oklahoma today? I am, yeah, yeah. I got back into town last night. Where were you, Austin? Where you? Uh, I was at the at the Cozen conference in Austin. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah good. How the how that well since we're on that subject, Cozen, the Consortium of School Networking. What well, what was doing at the conference? You guys are big players in that group. Yeah, yeah. We've been a member of Cozen for a number of years and worked oh, with yeah. them on a lot of their advocacy initiatives and all sorts of different things. So absolutely, uh, it, was, it was a fantastic this year. Uh, lots and lots of really great discussion. Uh, we got to meet uh, meet some old friends, meet some new friends, make some new friends, yeah. and uh, it, was a, it was a really, really great event this year. And was it well attended? I hope so. I think what they do is so important. And, you know, it's the ed, basically it's the Ed Tech Directors Association. I know it's not called that, but that's kind of what it is for schools. Uh, was, was, was the attendance great, et cetera? It so was. Important. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It had been uh, a couple of years since I had been to the conference, but this one was uh, significantly larger than the last time I had gone wow. a couple of years back. So uh, it great. felt really good. Yeah, That's great. Congratulations to Keith, all my friends over there. That's just absolutely super. All right. Good news. And I hope you guys saw all your old friends and got new business out of this, because I think what Funds for Learning does, by the way, it's fundsforlearning.com. John Harrington's company, Brian's there. Okay. 
Um, it is so important for school districts to understand the work you guys do. And that's actually where I want to start. Just brag a little and talk about funds for learning. Do your sales pitch. <laughs> well, I'm serious. Because I I, to uh, me, what yeah. you guys do is incredibly important. It's just incredibly important. And, you know, I've worked with John for years, and uh, I just let everybody know about it. Go ahead. Sure, absolutely. Well, you know, Funds for Learning, our, our mission is transforming student lives, uh, and that's yep. what we set out to do. Uh, the way we do that is to help K-12 schools and public libraries secure uh, federal funding for Internet access in the classroom. Uh, we've been doing that for 26 years now. Uh, and so we work mm. with schools and libraries of all shapes and sizes in all uh, 50 states across the country. Uh, and we really aim to make sure that everybody's taking full advantage of this funding source to get their students connected, uh, but also staying compliant with all of the rules and regulations in the process. And are they, how, how we do it, are they all taking full advantage? And that's where you guys come in. Okay, that's why I always push what you do. Okay, uh, you know, well, I can fill up my own income tax, but if I use a good accountant, I'll pay less because he finds things that I wouldn't find. Okay, that are legal, I might add. Just, uh, just talk about that. Are people ta- uh, without your help? Are people taking full advantage of e-rates? That's a key question. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, to an extent. So the the participation rate in e-rate is very high. The percentage yeah. of the schools in the country that receive some benefit, whether directly or indirectly, from the E-rate program is extremely high. Yep. Um, but there definitely are advantages to having, you know, a professional, you know, take a look at the applications and, you know, like you say, make sure that there's nothing uh, missing. We had some conversations just this, these past few days with some schools that uh, had had some, you know, kind of issues with the competitive bidding process and may mm. have missed out on an opportunity for some funding this year. And they'll have another chance. So it wasn't completely fatal. But, you know, uh, those types of things do happen. And so, uh, you know, it's a federal program. There's rules and deadlines and regulations and processes, and those are constantly changing, you know. And uh, if you're not up <laughs> on uh, the latest, then, you know, you could very well miss something. Yep. That's, that's, by the way, what's your background, Brian? Are you an, account, are you an accountant? Are you, what's your background in all this? Because it's, it's, it's hard to understand E-rates. It's hard. What's your background? Sure. Yeah, I'm I'm not an accountant. I'm actually I've got a tech a tech background. Ah, there you uh, go. So I actually started here at Funds for Learning as a as a developer. Uh, we have a, a software tool called E-Rate Manager. Yeah. Uh, and we actually have a free version oh. of that that schools and libraries can access. Basically, it allows them to see the current status of all of their E-Rate data and all of their E-Rate history at a glance. Super easy to use. Stays constantly up to date. Uh, we've had that we've had that product for quite some time, and I actually started yes. here working on that. Uh, somehow or another, I got roped into doing E-rate. Uh, it was uh, you know, about 18 years ago, uh, and uh, here I am. John's so, good at that, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. <laughs> right, that's great. Okay, and here. <laughs> And here you are. Tell my buddy John Harrington I said hello. Okay, he's just a great guy and an old friend. Okay, he he put this whole thing together with funds for learning, and you brought up a good point. Uh, this is not an infomercial, by the way. We're going to get into this uh, federal stuff that's going on right now. But, um, I, you know, i got to tell you, John started this. And uh, if you go to fundsforlearning.com, there's all kinds of helpful advice for you, okay, whether or not you're a customer of theirs. But I think when you see what they offer, you'd, you'd probably become one. Okay, if you've never been there before, it's fundsforlearning.com. What's going on these days? Okay, I know there are, and we're coming up to a deadline on March 30th for 
comments about that. If I read this correctly about expanding E-rates to cover cybersecurity, that is a layman's point of view. Am I even close? Brian? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. Uh, well, so, I'm impressed with you know, myself. Kind of, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, excellent. yeah good. You got this. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Got any openings? Um, no, yeah, just kidding. I'd be terrible. Oh, my God, it would be horrible. Don't hire me to do this. Hire funds for learning. Go ahead. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, so where we're at, uh, we're at sort of an interesting spot in the E-rate program right now. You know, the, the program has always provided funding for firewalls. Uh, you know, they, they, in general, E-rate provides funding for network infrastructure, and firewalls have been a part of that infrastructure. Uh, the problem with the way that they're approaching it right now is that they defined firewall uh, back about 25 years ago when the program first got off the ground in 1997, 1998. Um, it doesn't, you know, everybody knows the technology has evolved significantly since that time. I would say. But the yeah. way that the uh, mission defines firewall has not evolved with it. And so we're in this kind of odd space where the FCC says, hey, we'll fund what, what we call a basic firewall, but we don't fund any of the advanced security services that virtually any firewall now does. Uh, and so there's this weird sort of, if you're buying a firewall solution, it's very common to have to do cost allocations. You peel you know, the cost of the licenses out. It ends up being that as a practical matter for a modern firewall system, the program only supports, you know, 40 to 60% of the cost, depending on, on the options. Um, and so because of that, there has been, and I think that this whole, uh, the comment period uh, that the FCC has initiated is a success story uh, because it really is the result of a lot of work by a lot of people we're trying to convince the FCC that it's time to take a look at modernizing their definition, potentially expanding the scope of eligible services in the E-rate program to cover some of these more advanced network security services that are out here now. Uh, and so back in December, the FCC ju did just that. They issued a public notice uh, that was basically soliciting comments from the public about uh, E-rate and cybersecurity. And, and you know, they asked questions like, uh, you know, should we fund this? If so, what types of things should we fund? How should it work? What's it going to cost? You know, how do we administer it? Mm. Uh, all of those sorts of questions. They're really kind of seeking feedback from E-rate stakeholders and other organizations as to, you know, do we do this? How do we do it? What sort of fences do we put up around it? Uh, and so uh, that comment period has been open since late December, uh, and it'll close, like you mentioned here, at, at, towards the end of this month on on. Uh, the 30th. Yeah. Did, did they get a lot of comments? I mean, did the, uh, yeah. yeah, but I did, you know, the, the, the initial comment period uh, closed uh, in uh, sometime in February. So there's this, uh, you know, they'd have an initial comment period and then a reply comment period. Uh, and so mid February is when the initial comment period closed. Uh, and they did get a ton of, of comments, uh, you know, a, a, from all different types of organizations, which I think is fantastic. So, you know, it wasn't just the firewall companies that had a stake in this that submitted comments. It was certainly vendors and manufacturers. It was also schools and libraries. I would hope. State, yeah, I would hope. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, state governments submitted comments. Uh, organizations, uh, you know, we mentioned COSIN earlier, but a number of other sort of trade organizations submitted comments, consultants. Uh, so there was a 
a really a nice representation of the E-rate community in the comments that they received. Were they, were they expect, this is an interesting question because uh, it seems so redundant. Why would anybody respond negatively? Was there anybody who said, no, we don't need a, a, an update on this? I mean, I can't believe it. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, I mean, you know, you know it, so it's, it's no, like, it, I, my it, car has 200,000 miles. Should I get an oil change? You know, and yes, you should. <laughs> you should get an oil change. Yes, that's going to help. Yes. Yeah. I've, no, never, I changed mean, the, I've the, never changed yeah. the oil since 1997. Should I change the oil? I mean, <laughs> Who would help yeah, me no, I mean, don't do this? Right. Help me there. <laughs> what, what, it's, it's, such a, I don't, it's such a silly process. Go ahead. Welcome to the government. Okay. Talk about this. Nobody yeah. responds negatively. <laughs> sure. Who responds negatively? Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Well, you know, we like to look at, you know, when you have one of these big comment periods like this, what, what we like to do is take a look at all the comments that are submitted and try to boil it down into areas where a majority, if not all, of the commenters tend to agree, right? Because I think if we can find some common ground as a starting point, then yeah. we can use that and, 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 and then, you know, work out the details from there. And so not surprisingly, the number one theme that we saw is that everyone is in favor of the E-rate supporting, you know, th this advanced security, uh, you know, stuff. And, uh, and that took a, a wide variety of forms too. Certainly there were just schools that said, yes, absolutely, we need funding for this, you know, uh, there were also some more nuanced sort of arguments made that said, you know, hey, you know, E-rate really is an appropriate funding source for this type of service that basically, you know, it, it fits well within the sort of overall scope and mission of the E-rate program uh, that, you know, as it was defined in the beginning. So they're not, you know, sort of overreaching their bounds by starting to fund some of these things. So. Absolutely, you know, near unanimous agreement that this is uh, necessary and an appropriate way to fund it. Well, and, and you know, it's interesting. Whenever I talk to Kosin, which I do a lot, or any tech director, they always say, and I want you to back this up. I think I'm right that the number one thing on their mind is, 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 is student privacy. All right, cybersecurity. I mean, that that you know, I mean, there are other things affecting school districts, certainly. Okay, but for an ed tech director, that always turns out to be number one. All right, and, 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 and am I correct with that? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It is. It is on everyone's minds. I can't you know, tell you how many. You know? Yeah. Yeah, tech directors, CIOs, CTOs, whatever sort of alphabet soup you have after your name. Uh, you yeah. know, the, the thing they tell me is, is that you know uh, the thing that's keeping them up at night is this this, this cybersecurity issue. Exactly. Uh, and. You know, K-12 schools are, are sort of disproportionate in the uh, number and frequency of attacks. Oh, uh, so, you know, you have certainly businesses and governments, whatever, but, you know, uh, K-12 is kind of skyrockets in, you know, being a, a prime target, uh, you know, for uh, nefarious actors out there on the Internet. Yeah, I mean, it really, and it's, it's something that we absolutely need. And this is the, a good question. Everybody would like more money for this. All right. And I just explain this because you are an expert in it. All right. Well, you know, as, as you know, the, the federal budget, so to speak, is coming down to a big argument down in, over in Washington. All right. And, uh, you know, both sides will argue back and forth and scream and yell at each other. Where, uh, how much does something like this cost and where does the money come from? And I, I, I kind of know that, but I think it goes deeper than what I know. Where, you know, we can all ask for 300. It's old Everett Dirksen's old line, you know, a billion here and a billion there. And pretty soon we're talking about real money. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. What's, uh, you know, where's the whole thing uh, come from, so to speak? It's easy to ask, yeah. where does yeah. it come from? Absolutely. Well, you know, and, and that's a big part of what the FCC is, is seeking comment on is what, what are the true costs of these things? Uh, you know, uh, since the program does not fund it right now, we don't have data through the E-rate program that we can look at. So know, you know, for approximately what the costs are going to be. Uh, there's been a number of different organizations, Funds for Learning included, that have done some cost modeling uh, to try to predict, you know, but uh, so much of the discussion is highly dependent on you know, sort of the scope. I mean, if you take cybersecurity just sort of in general and you just lump any possible thing that qualifies as cybersecurity, you know, in that definition, then you have a massive amount of money that's required uh, because there's so many different, you know, angles and solutions and that sort of thing. Um, And so, you know, sort of central to this discussion is, okay, well, you know, let's let's settle on sort of a definition. Okay, we're going to talk about sort of this type of this facet, if you will, of cybersecurity. Then, you know, once we sort of define that, then we can take a look at the costs. And so that's what they got a lot of comments on was, you know, how do we, you know, define that for the purposes of the E-rate program? And and at that point, then we can really kind of get into some, you know, down to earth numbers and and projections as to what that might cost. Um, And so, uh, you know, and and there were a lot of different sort of opinions on, you know, exactly how that should work. In the world of the FCC, the total world of the Federal Communications Commission, okay, where where do Z-rates sit as a priority for them? Well, you know, E-Rate, the, the current chairwoman, Chairman Rosenworcel, uh, E-Rate, she's, great. she's been an E-Rate good. champion for, yeah. for her, you know, uh, entire tenure at, at the FCC. Um, so it is, a, you know, I, I would say it's on the mind that the priority, uh, she's had, you know, a couple of direct sort of interactions with the E-Rate program recently, uh, you know, in form of press releases, some different things here and there. So it's it's relatively visible. Uh, at the same time, we have a split FCC, so we don't have our fifth commissioner, uh, and that's been, you know, a little bit difficult when it comes to making progress. So there was a nominee that, um, you know, ended up, uh, you know, rescinding her nomination uh, no. here uh, last week or week before last, and so we're kind of back wow. to square one with, you know, four commissioners, you know, uh, two on each side, and so anything political like are, that. Are, are, si- are, are sides Democrat, Republican? When we talk sides. Is that what you yeah. mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Thank you. If you've got a, there five commissioners, you know, and typically, uh, you know, it'll be three and two depending on, you know, who's president. And so yeah, of course. Uh, that's typically how it works. But there's confirmations that are required. And so, you know, that kind of gets into, you know, okay, well, uh, that's why we <laughs> haven't gotten somebody yeah. uh, so far. So yeah. uh, I'm hard, throwing hard my hands up in the air like what else is new, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it never ends. Yeah. 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 Uh, so I, I think I think it is a priority. You know, I think that uh, it's a little bit difficult, maybe, uh, for some of these things to move through, or at least to move through quickly, uh, while we're still sort of a, a 50-50 split on, on the commission. Right. It's, it's 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 so interesting in politics down to always it always boils down to politics to the nitty gritty. Uh, you guys, I know this, okay, and I just put this into perspective with what you know, what's going out there. You 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 have a uh, funds for learning annual trends report, okay, and th- where's this issue sit in that report? What's the impact? 
with that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, our trends report is sort of the culmination of uh, a few different things. It's it's the summary of all of the E-rate data that we collect and analyze, uh, but we've also conducted a, an annual survey for over 10 years now. Uh, and we survey E-rate applicants, schools and libraries that are you know, directly participating in this program, and we ask them a series of questions about uh, the E-rate. And, you know, we certainly have the financial data because we can see the funding applications and the status of all of those. So what we're after with our survey is more of the soft data, uh, the experience that schools have. Um, hmm. You know, are they satisfied with the way that the program is being administered? Um, you know, are the things that are funded helpful to them? What other things, you know, should yeah. be included yeah. in the programs? I mean, questions like, like that. Cy- so, like cybersecurity. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's yeah. a question yeah. that we've been asking for a number of years. Uh, 98% of the respondents of our survey, which uh, this past year, in funding year 2022, we got just over 2,000 responses. Wow. Uh, that, that equates to roughly 10% of the applicants in the country, which is a pretty good pretty return good. rate. Yeah. Uh, right. 98% of them said that cybersecurity should be included in the program. So, you know, absolutely. The, the other part of it, too, is that at the end of the survey, we give the applicants a chance to submit comments, just, you know, text comments, whatever's on their mind, they can type in. Uh, we got over 600 comments. Uh, about all different aspects of the E-rate program, but, but there were so many comments about cybersecurity and firewalls and all of those sorts of things. Again, I mean, it's, you know, we know it's on everyone's mind. Uh, and so all of that feedback then from the survey is collected and aggregated and then presented to the FCC. So we did that uh, in mid-2022. We'll be doing another survey that we're going to be opening very soon uh, here in mm-hmm. the next week or two. Uh, oh, for the, the funding, the 23 survey will be out soon. Uh, and so, uh, you know, we plan on uh, delving into this security topic a little bit more since we know it's top of mind. Uh, we're preparing some additional questions that we've not asked before to sort of get a little bit more information about that this year. And, and Brian, let me ask you the opposite question. Is there, and you know, like we were saying before, money has to come from somewhere. And you've been doing this for a long time, you guys over at Funds for Learning. Is, is, there, is there any, I'm sure there is, but you know what I mean when I say this, is there any waste built? In other words, they're, they're giving money for things you don't even need anymore. Is there waste built in that can, rob, so to speak, rob Peter to pay Paul? Okay, if needed. You know, yeah. I mean, of course, really. things change. You said it before, you know, it starts in 1997. In those days, maybe, I, I don't know, maybe they were paying for AOL or something, you know, and that, that, can, be, <laughs> right. you know, that can be dropped. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. You know, back in 2015, uh, there was a kind of major uh, update, modernization to the E-rate program. Uh, and they actually sharpened their pencil quite a bit with respect to the scope of eligible services. So, um, you know, it, trending over time, I would say there's actually less things that qualify for funding now than the, there were when they first mm. started. They used to fund things like telephone service and email service and web hosting and uh, yeah. some servers and things like that. A lot of that got cut out in favor of really focusing on just the network. Internet access, wide area networks, and, and network infrastructure to make all of that stuff operate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, a large part of this cybersecurity discussion is, hey, th- these are not optional things anymore. You right. know, like these right. firewalls, this security stuff, it's required for the reliable operation <laughs> of these networks. You know, uh, it, in a way that it, you know now more than ever. You know, 
and so that's sort of a, a big part of the argument that a lot of the comment we saw in the comments was, hey, this is critical network infrastructure, and that's what the E-rate is designed to do, and that's why it fits here. All right. It's, it's all, it all just meshes together, and it's so darn important. And again, school districts are eligible for this, but you have to get every you, – you deserve every dollar you deserve. Okay, and you have to get it. And that's why Phones for Learning and John and Brian's expertise and their team, by the way, is so important, okay, in getting this for you. And I just want to say this, besides all our comments, you, you, I know John and you, you guys work very hard, all right, with FCC. You are on top of everything with them, okay? And you act as, I know you're not a paid consultant, so to speak, but you act as a friendly consultant to them you they're you know it's a back and forth and also i might add with cosin okay you guys are, are you know work so well with them, my good friend keith kruger and his gang over there all right and it's just so important what you what john and you have built okay to make this so important and and and, and uh you know school districts really need this this is the this is crucial time so to speak just crucial time end it up brian what do you think what's going on what do you want people to do well, you know, if there's one takeaway, I think it is that the FCC needs to hear from schools and libraries. Yep. Uh, it's absolutely critical that they receive as many comments as possible. It is very simple. You do not have to be an attorney or have any sort of experience whatsoever. Uh, I, there's instructions on our website. You can go. Great. We've got Thank a, you. Like a one pager, you know, on how you can log in to the, the electronic comment filing system and submit comments that way. Uh, lots of resources available for that, but don't let that frighten you. You know, I mean, you really can just put one paragraph in that says we support this, make a suggestion, you know, issue, have an opinion, uh, but get those comments in before March 30th, uh, because you know the the more comments they receive, the more feedback they get, they get, the more likely it is that they'll be spurred to action, uh, which is ultimately sort of the you know the the goal that we're after here. So. Uh, I, I would encourage everyone, you know, submit comments, uh, and then, and then from that point, you know, stay tuned, right? Because we need yeah. to keep the conversation <laughs> going. Uh, we can't just submit our comments on the 30th and then say, okay, well, we were done with that. We'll just wait for something to happen. You know, there needs to be, you know, continuing conversations, advocacy work, uh, you know, meetings with the FCC, comments, all those yep. sorts of things, so that we can keep that in front of them in, in, until we get a result. It, it, it's so important. I just want to ask this, okay? We, we, obviously, public schools are eligible. Our, uh, charter schools are eligible. They're public schools. Are are, are parochial schools eligible? Uh, religious schools? Yeah. 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 I'm just so, asking, yeah. just telling, telling everybody so they get excited about it, okay? Uh, all, all sorts yeah. of schools. Yeah. It's, it's, it's good. And how far up the line does it go? Is it strictly K, pre, pre-K-12 or can a, can, a, uh, can a preschool apply? Can a college apply? How's it all work in that regard? Well, so, so I have to get a little bit E-rate nerd on you here. Uh, <laughs> it actually depends a little bit by state. So however oh. education, you know, elementary and secondary education is regulated in your state. So in some states, absolutely, pre-K uh, students and facilities are eligible, and it can go all the way up to certain types of uh, adult ed programs, in some cases wow. juvenile justice. Yeah. Uh, programs can qualify. But a lot of that really does kind of boil back down to how does the state regulate those types of programs? Uh, if they consider it, you know, K-12, then it's usually eligible. 
I'm glad I asked that question. I didn't know the answer to that. Thank you very much, Brian. Brian, you're a good man. I appreciate you being here today. Thanks for all this info. Oh, you bet. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Larry. Come back anytime. I do want to talk to you. I'm going to call you later today. I want to talk to you about something. Is that okay? Get you more involved with this here. Absolutely. All right? You bet. Give me a ring. All right. right. Thank you, Brian. Tell John I said hello, please. Okay? Will do. Thanks a bunch. Thank you. Bye. Okay. Bye, Brian. Brian Stevens, fundsforlearning.com. It's a long thing, but you only have to type it once. Fundsforlearning.com. Go over there. There's tons of information for you. And I've got a lot of it linked here as you're listening. All right. We're going to archive over at ace-ed.org. Everything we do over there is free. Okay. So please go over, check it all out. I'm Larry Jacobs. Thanks for listening. Love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluation within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.